said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, Trump is back on Twitter. But you wouldn't know it because, you know, he doesn't really care too much about Twitter. He cares about Truth Social. So that seems to be where the battle lines have been drawn. And, you know, it is an interesting play. I've been saying this for a long time, this whole thing about uh, Truth Social and it's it's sort of everything we've been saying on the Scott Adams show I'm telling you is has been coming true. You take for example Disney right now. Disney. They're rehiring back Iger. Because and and, and when you listen to the conservative media it's like whoa. You know DeSantis won. DeSantis won. He they kicked Disney woke Disney's butt, right? They kicked their butt. And and that might be true, but not really. See, I mean, you can bite on that apple and you can fall for that little trap. But wasn't Iger the one? Wasn't Iger the one that they're rehiring now to answer to the woke? Wasn't he the one that left the Trump Business Council in 2017, all because Trump decided he wanted to leave the Paris Agreement. That's right. It was Iger. The same dude that Disney is rehiring left Trump high and dry. He and Elon Musk were the two first people to leave the uh, Trump Business Council where Trump wanted to get all the business leaders together and try to better America and create a corporate environment that wasn't so woke and that was more friendly to the United States uh, customers. But instead, when you got out of the Paris Agreement, uh, it impacted global business and the globalists that control the CEOs who are nothing but puppets 
to the puppet masters in Brussels, the globalists, the World Economic Forum, and Uncle Klaus Schwab control the CEOs. Not because that one person is stronger than the, the rest. It's because that one person has built an alliance where several world leaders are controlling the corporations, taxation, and allowance to whether they're allowed to do commerce in their countries. And Klaus Schwab has figured this out. He has gotten his own dirt. He's, he's pulled a Jeffrey Epstein, didn't he? Where Jeffrey Epstein used to get people on his plane and videotape them and get them in compromised situations to where they became insured. These insured people then had to kiss the ring of the person who insured them. You know, it's sort of like the Godfather when they say, we want all those politicians you have in your pocket. Remember in Godfather 2 when the Nevada senator came in and said, uh, and Michael Corleone says, you'll get nothing and you'll be happy. Isn't that what Klaus Schwab says? And you'll, I'll even uh, appreciate it if you pay for the licensing fee, $20,000. And sure enough, that guy was like, get out of here. You're crazy. And next thing you know, the guy is with a dead woman and they got him compromised. They set him up. And uh, the same thing in Godfather 1, you know, with uh, uh, the uh, studio exec, Waltz. Johnny Fontaine's not going to get that picture. Well, Johnny Fontaine got the picture. Either his brains or his signature was going to be on that paper. So what I'm saying is, is that these things happen all the time in the real world. This isn't fiction. And Justin Trudeau is who I'm thinking of. You know, Ruta, the guy from Norway, is who I'm thinking of. They give them lavish jewels and precious gems and and great great women and uh, all kinds of power and money and influence and red carpet and luxuries, and boats, and trips, and you name it. You want to give all that up? You're either going to give up the carrot or the stick. Because they got you coming both ways. And that's what they do to just about every member of Congress. Every member of Parliament. They own them. And they figured out a way to own them. And so it's a combination where the World Economic Forum maestro is Klaus Schwab coordinating and organizing this masterful takeover of the world in such a way that he not only is grooming politicians and getting them luck, getting them elected, and if they turn on you, they will be ousted and thrown in jail. And the corporations are going to get the business that was promised to them if they contribute the money to empower the influence. FTX is not any different. And the Ukraine laundering is part of the process. And nobody is going to jail. Nobody 
It's all done. It's all, they're all part of the same team. And Trump is learning that, you know, as he goes. But, you know, Trump understood it to a large extent. But I thought he, I thought, I think he thought that he could win the hearts and minds of the people over and that the masses would have enough influence over the corporations to uh, overwhelm the power of World Economic Forum and IMF and uh, the World Health Organization, you know, all of those individual entities. But it turns out that that was not the case. And that people like Elon Musk and this Disney executive, Iger, both, you know, why did they? Why did they? All of a sudden, uh, Trump wants to put America first. Everybody knew that the Paris Agreement was a horrible agreement. And Trump said, okay, I'm going to pull out of the Paris Agreement. Now you know why a lot of these politicians don't pull out of these agreements. Because they will get screwed. So next thing you know, Trump gets out of the Paris Agreement. And Iger and Musk both bailed on Trump. So in the beginning of this year, I said, you know, this, this Twitter takeover is a problem for investors investing in Truth Social, in Getter, in Parler, in Gab. In an election year, when you need the influence of conservative social media that's been dominated by Facebook and Twitter, controlling the Democrat messaging, censoring all conservatives' voices, banning them, censoring them, suspending them, you know, and I dare say I think that uh, it's high time that that this new Republican House of Representatives, which, by the way, is divided because Matt Gates has come out gangs of gangbusters. I just actually had a conversation with Matt Gates uh, uh, at an event that I got to talk with him, and. Uh, I told him, I said, I thought it was a pretty bold move what he did uh, related to Marjorie Taylor Greene, who voted for the nomination of uh, Kevin McCarthy, who constantly goes into the House of Representatives wearing his Ukraine lapel uh, handkerchief, you know, because he's in on the laundering. So is Nancy Pelosi. And they're two peas in the pod. They're in on the same scheme. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan, and lo and behold, next thing you know, we're appropriating $1.1 billion to Taiwan. And we're giving about $90 billion to Ukraine. And all of a sudden, this FTX comes out of nowhere, you know, and the fact checkers on that, you know where they're getting the fact checking on that, the Ukraine thing? They're saying, well, the, the government spending... Going to Ukraine has nothing to uh, was not laundered. There's no proof that it was laundered. There's no proof that it wasn't either, because there has been no audit. So thank goodness Marjorie Taylor Greene has actually writ up a bill, wrote up a bill that said, "Hey, we're gonna we want to audit the the money," and of course they're not gonna know where the money went, or they're gonna make it up. It's never gonna go anywhere. That's about as easy. I could even figure out 18 ways to cover that up. 
And I'm just a radio host. So, you know, here's the thing. The, the fact checkers are like, you have no proof. Why are they defending this so much? You know, if I said that Trump was laundering money in Ukraine, they'd let me do it six ways till Sunday. They wouldn't censor me. They'd say, go get them, Scott. Go get them. It's Trump. We hate Trump. So the point is, is that no, what it is, is if you recall, now pay attention to this and open your head to this. This, every single country, in every single, every single globalist country, I should say, was basically calling for donations to Ukraine. Give soup cans if you can, but mostly give money. So what happened was Ukraine set up uh, with FTX. They set up a uh, relationship with FTX. And FTX and another company, Everlake, I think it was called. But nevertheless, the donations were being sent via crypto. So they, you know, a lot of people are embracing crypto donations. But nevertheless, what was happening is FTX and Zelensky, you know, because there was a lot of donations, not just from governments, not just missiles and tanks and, and blankets and pillows and whatever for the war effort. No, it wasn't just that. Which I definitely think that that also converted into FTX funds that went into the coffers of globalist politicians. I definitely think that. But where the fact checkers are, are going nuts is they're saying there's no proof that government uh, government sanctioned f- uh, relief or funding was was being laundered. No proof. And there's no proof that it ended up with FTX. But where it, there is proof, and uh, a lot of um, different entities, including CryptoHub, says how Ukraine and FTX laundered millions worth of cryptocurrency, right? And there is Coindesk. Coindesk says Ukraine partners with FTX Everstake to launch new crypto donation website. So when they were saying donate to Ukraine... People were digging into their pockets and out of the kindness of their heart, they were giving money to Ukraine for the, for, to help them against big bad Russia. Big bad Russia. That was the message. Russia's bad. Ukraine's good. Ukraine is the centerpiece of all globalism. And so what was happening is, is that it turns out that when they're saying donate to Ukraine against Russia, they're really saying donate to radical social uh, crypt, uh, radical socialist globalists and donate to their campaign. In essence, if you were to make a donate to a donate to Planned Parenthood, it would turn around and really you would be donating to the Democrat Party. That's why I think it was unfair that the United States government would give $500 million to Planned Parenthood when they were given 98.9% of their donations to political candidates that represented uh, the opposite of your beliefs. So conservative dollars were being spent on uh, liberal messaging. And it wasn't really much different when Act Blue was actually financing Black Lives Matter. So Black Lives Matter would protest in the streets, generate funding. All that money would go to Act Blue. 
And after the 2020 election, that all they, they put up the tents and they all disappeared. Went to their $4 million Malibu mansions. And now they're, you know, the, there's the fallout because there was a lot of corruption. But that's all Black Lives Matter was. And when you walk through the cities of uh, like D.C. or any city, you still have these remnants of black from morons that put up Black Lives Matter signs in their windows, probably just to make sure that they don't get them busted. I mean, it's crazy. But here's the thing. So there was laundering. <clears throat> Donations were going into Ukraine and the Ukrainian National Bank, the National Bank of Ukraine. It says here, FTX is converting crypto contributions to Ukraine's war effort into fiat for deposits at the National Bank of Ukraine. So anytime you gave money to the war effort in Ukraine, you were enriching FTX. And Sam Bankman-Fried was then taking all this money and apparently he got like $420 million and $300 million of it went into his own private stash. He took that money. They lost $32 billion like in a day. But he took that money and he gave it to politicians. He gave like $11 billion, or $11 million, I, I should say, $11 million to Joe Biden himself. And he gave to a lot of other uh, globalist causes. It was a globalist slush fund. That's what it was. And it wasn't just Biden and it wasn't just the DNC that was benefiting from this. It was liberal members of parliament. It was Justin Trudeau and his stash of people. So when you listen to Klaus Schwab say, we've infiltrated half the cabinet of Canada. Guess what? He wasn't kidding. And how did he do it? He got you to donate to Ukraine and from Ukraine through FTX, these these candidates were being funded. And this is the key. This is this is what the what the thing was. So over the weekend, you know, what was sad is there was so much happening with uh, the Twitter poll uh, voting Trump in. And uh, basically, you wonder how it is that Trump won by over four percentage points in the Twitter poll which was probably dominated by liberals because most of the Twitter conservatives were kicked off, right? Can we have like some agreement there? So there was a lot of censorship against Twitter conservatives. So Twitter was now dominated by Democrats, yet they still lost 52 to 48. More than that, though, it was like by a couple of points. But more, it was like 42 points uh, or 40, I mean, 52.7 to 48.2 or something like, or 47.2 or 47.8, something like that. So it was a little greater than 4%. Yet Joe Biden got 81 million votes, right? Of course, we know that ballot harvesting is the key to their success. And we have seen it because... Anywhere we you win by 5 million votes, you get about 56, you pick up 56 seats in the House. That's on average. Uh, in, in the second year of a first term of a Democrat. That's always been the case since the 1960s, since LBJ. And the, the this time around, it was a completely different situation. And uh, from what Charlie Kirk said, 
He said that the ballot harvesting was targeted to 20 key districts. And that sort of makes sense. That you win by 5 million votes in the midterm elections and you only pick up nine seats. And what's that about, right? That's, a, that's an oxymoron. It's an outlier. It's, it's different than the statistics from before. And when you see that kind of disparity between trends uh, of all time and then, you know, an anomaly, you got to say the fix was in. And they're still counting votes in Arizona, by the way. I just saw over the weekend 2,700 more votes dropped in. 300 days later after the election, and they're still counting votes in Arizona. And you hear all these problems, and you see all this video of people dumping off multiple ballots. And it was uh, the bureau, the head of elections in Pennsylvania that said, yeah, you can go to a, house, uh, a nursing home and pick up thousands of votes if you will need to, and one person could drop all those off. We got to put an end to ballot harvesting, and we got to put it... And what I've been calling for is this. You know, uh, Carrie Lake was saying, um, cure the vote, right? Meaning if you voted, make sure your vote counted, okay? So go on to com slash cure or something like that. And you go on, you can check and see if your vote was counted correctly. And that's great, okay? That's wonderful that you can do that. How about this one? How about... When you didn't vote, how about the people who did not vote? I think this is going to be a bigger problem. I have a feeling that the people who did not vote are going to find out that their ballot voted. Huh. And check for dead people too. People that may have died recently in your family. Look them up. See if they voted. If they voted, then you know there's a problem. We need to actually take our country back and we need to try to figure out how they're pulling off the fraud. All right, we have a lot of clips today. And, uh, you know, Mitt Romney, uh, all of a sudden, you know, they open up a special counsel against President Trump, right? Who's back on Twitter. Um, But he's going to stay over at Truth Social. He's not going to bite that apple because he knows that it's a little bit of a bait, And again, like I say, we were right all along. This really did hurt the conservative messaging, this whole Twitter fiasco during an election year. And now all of a sudden, you know, Elon Musk, a lot of people were complaining Elon Musk should have never even had to uh, hold a vote and power to the people. He should have had common sense enough to know that Trump deserved to be back online. But... He didn't do it that way. He did it uh, from a marketing, you know, it was a pretty genius marketing move on his part. And he let the people decide, and the people decided that they want Trump back. And that's good news. Um, But it did hurt the conservative messaging because there was still an enormous amount of censoring going on on Twitter. But, you know, uh, Project Veritas and this dude, ALX, pretty popular on Twitter, they're, they're back. A lot of people are starting to come back on Twitter. They asked about Alex Jones, though. Is Alex Jones going to be back? And they said no. <laughs> so I don't know. Still censorship, though, over there on Twitter. Why not? Uh, so 
So Mitt Romney, he says this. Mitt Romney says, new Congress must lay off pointless investigations of Joe Biden, yet voted to impeach Donald Trump twice. So Mitt Romney is basically, you know, saying, uh, he's saying, no more investigations. Meanwhile, he has no complaints about a new, new special counsel uh, going after Trump. And I'll tell you why that is here in a second. Um, but Greg Kelly says in 2005, um, a bipartisan presidential commission warned against voting by mail because of the potential for fraud. Jimmy Carter and James Baker said, don't do this. But some anonymous creeps did it anyway because Trump won in 2016. As Bill Barr said, this is playing with fire. And sure enough, the federal election reform update on the America Vote Act said, you know, mail-in balloting would be harmful. So let's take a listen to uh, Merrick Garland, the worst AG in the history of America. Probably, you know, he's nothing but a criminal, this guy. And he was uh, Barack Hussein Obama's first choice as Supreme Court justice. Could you imagine? Um, It's crazy. But let's take a listen to Merrick Garland. The Department of Justice has long recognized that in certain extraordinary cases, it is in the public interest to appoint a special prosecutor to independently manage an investigation and prosecution. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election, and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. All right. So basically, I think this is with a play. This is what happened. Because on January uh, on January 21st, yeah, something like that. January, uh, no, January 19th, 2021. Uh, there was a situ- situation where Trump released a lot of classified information. And also, Trump also declassified a a lot of information. Um, He declassified a lot of information as well uh, when he made an announcement. Um, What he did was he made an announcement um, to say he declassified everything uh, for Bill Barr to do his investigation. This was in, like, 2019. So... You know, there was a lot of uh, reason for Trump to have the documents he had. They were declassified. Um, that's the way I see it. And so when you think about it, uh, Trump didn't do anything wrong. But um, they they barged into his house because he declassified Crossfire Hurricane data. Okay? And when they did that, when they did that, uh, they wanted to get that data back. They wanted to seize that data. And they did that. They seized the data. And when they seized the data, they, re- they put it under the umbrella of an investigation so they don't have to talk about it. And they're basically a special counsel. You cannot meddle in it. You can't meddle in it. You're, you're obstructing justice if you go near it. Um, so this is their play. Their play is simply to, uh, their play is to 
to do exactly that, um, to cover up the Crossfire Hurricane investigation that was a bogus investigation. That's what it was. It was bogus. And they're covering it up so you can't touch that data. And that's exactly what they did. So uh, now the special counsel, so, so what was happening is, like he said, like Merrick Garlett said, the issue is is more like um, I was trying to find the the uh, clip while I was talking of uh, but I, but I, it's it's not that important you've heard it before anyway um, but the thing is is that um, when they when they bury it in an investigation you can't touch it and that's that's what they're trying to do they're trying to seal the data. And special counsel is going to give them, like, the, the appearance of independence. Like, they're not in control of the investigation. It's not our investigation anymore. So we're really not investigating Donald Trump. But they could indict Donald Trump, too, you know, and that's the that's the kind of, like, a sick thing as well. But Merrick Garland is a is just a nasty, nasty human being. Bad, bad hombre. And here's the, the guy they hired, Jack Smith. Statement from Special Counsel Jack Smith. It's independent judge. Statement of Special Counsel Jack Smith. I'm going to read it in its entirety because it's fairly brief. He says, I intend to conduct the assigned investigations and any prosecutions that may result from them independently and in the best traditions of the Department of Justice. The pace of the investigations will not pause or flag under my watch. I will exercise independent judgment and will move the investigation forward expeditiously and thoroughly to whatever outcome the facts and the law dictates clearly from the wording there several times indicating Lisa Rubin that he wants to get this moving right now. Yeah, of course he does. And this guy, Jack Smith, is... Uh, uh, I read some things about him. I, I kind of forget some of the details, but he, he is, he is uh, one of those radical liberal... He has a history, let's put it that way. And... Um, yeah, I was trying to find uh, find the, uh, the the you know to refresh my memory on that, but tr- trust me when I tell you that Jack, this Jack Smith guy, is a bad dude. Biden DOJ assigned special counsel to investigate Republicans in Congress and President Trump for insurrection. Additionally, investigate Trump for DOJ to find classified documents and obstruction. So this guy Jack Smith. Um, is a bad dude. He says here announced the appointment of as a special counsel, Jack Smith, right? So all the prior current DOJ prosecutions against citizen individuals will remain within the control and direction of Maine justice. This structure frees up Jack Smith to target the new Republican controlled congressional members, their staff, families, and or communication network. Maine justice keeps focus on the citizens insurrection. Jack Smith now appointed to go after the public officials. So they're going to be basically going after whistleblowers. This is another uh, another issue. Um, so they know that the house is going to go after the whistleblowers. Well, that's going to try. They're going to put a try to try to put a damper on that by going after public officials. 
Um, so this is a really interesting and, and very aggressive play. We're living in a banana republic right now is really what's going on. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene says this, Republicans will need to refuse to appropriate any funding to Merrick Garland's special counsel and defund any part of the DOJ acting on behalf of the Democrat Party as a taxpayer-funded campaign arm for the Democrats' 2024 presidential nominee. I agree with her 100% on that. That's a good statement. She's also writing up a bill to audit the monies going to Ukraine. I like what Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing. I don't like that she actually endorsed Kevin McCarthy uh, for to be the nominee, but Kevin McCarthy still needs the 218 votes in the House to be Speaker. And uh, uh, apparently um, uh, Matt Gates doesn't think he has the votes. Here it says, in 2010, Obama Attorney General Eric Holder picked Jack Smith to run. Yeah, this is what I remember. This is the the piece I wanted to tell you. In 2010, Obama Attorney General Eric Holder picked Jack Smith to run public integrity section. Smith took out VA Governor Bob McDonnell as a potential Republican presidential candidate on bogus corruption charges. Supreme Court reversed 9-0. to zero. Now Smith is back to take out Trump. Okay? That's what's going on here. There's a meme that says, let the good times roll, and it's real Donald Trump is back, and the conservatives control the House of Committee, House Committees. So that's good news right there. Let's take a listen to what Matt Gates has to say about Kevin McCarthy. I can tell you Kevin McCarthy doesn't have 218 votes to be speaker. He doesn't have 200 votes. He doesn't have 190 votes, and that's because it's more of the same. And in Congress, we need to turn the page. We need to get away from the corrupt system that puts the lobbyists and special interests in charge, and we need a fighting Republican majority. It's one I don't think Kevin McCarthy can lead, and that's why we're trying to find alternatives to a return to the status quo. I think the American people didn't vote for that in November. Let's, uh, the results of the election aside, you must have had concerns about Kevin McCarthy before Election Day. Can you go through them? What, what are the deficiencies? Well, Kevin McCarthy thought that Donald Trump should resign after January 6th. And when the chips are down, you're either fight or flight. And after January 6th, Kevin McCarthy was all flight. I also saw in this last election cycle that McCarthy invested millions of dollars in Republican primaries against America First candidates in favor of establishment candidates. And in many cases, the America First candidates won their primaries, but because they were hobbled by Kevin McCarthy's millions, they weren't able to coalesce the Republican electorate to be successful in a lot of districts throughout the country. And I also remember when Dan Bishop, Republican from North Carolina, put forward the ouster of Liz Cheney initially when she betrayed President Trump, when she betrayed our voters and our party and our movement. And it was Kevin McCarthy who stood before the conference and said that he vouched for Liz Cheney, that he needed Liz Cheney in the leadership team. And when I just verbally criticized Liz Cheney, Kevin McCarthy was caught on tape saying that he thought I was endangering people, perhaps fomenting violence just with verbal criticism 
of policy positions. That's not somebody built for this moment. This is going to be a very slim majority, and we're going to have limited time to investigate deep and intense corruption from the Biden administration. And we don't need someone whose first instinct is to back Liz Cheney, attack America First Republicans on the campaign trail, and suggest that Donald Trump's path is one of resignation rather than resurgence. I agree a hundred thousand zillion percent. Um, there's going to be some madness going on in the cryptocurrency market and some things that were trending are pretty big. Um, Coinbase confirms that it holds 635,000 uh, Bitcoin on behalf of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and they are secure. Um, all grayscale trust assets are on Coinbase and untouchable. So that's a that's a they're trying to get rid of the panic in that market um, because there's a bunch of stuff going on in the crypto market today, um, and I think we're going to see another uh, collapse uh, that might transpire today. We'll see what happens. All right, so here's a statement from Alex Jones. We never really play Alex Jones too much. We're not even that big of fans of Alex Jones. But in this case, um, Alex Jones responds to Elon Musk saying no to bringing him back. He says not to blame Musk and to support him. He says not uh, expect so many drastic changes to happen on day one because of the pressure Twitter faces from government regulators, the EU, and activist groups, and not only that, but CBS. CBS has said they're, they're not going to participate on Twitter anymore. And then all of a sudden, they flip-flopped, and it was funny. Elon Musk kind of put an emoji up there that says, yawn, like, big, like I'm concerned. I'm a, I'm a 300 billionaire, you know. I think I have uh, nothing to worry about. All right, so I do like what Elon, uh, uh, what uh, Alex Jones has to say here, and I mean, look, I don't like all that he does, but you know, I I do like a lot of what he has said in the past. Um, he's been right on a lot of things. Um, he's probably been wrong on a lot of things too, and uh, but uh, on this case, I like what he had to say. I want to share it with the audience. This is criminal. Even Senator Josh Hawley yesterday brought this up to the head of DHS, Morcus, and said, you're helping run the censorship and you're surveilling the American people and telling big tech who to censor. So Elon Musk has the EU threatening him not to bring back Alex Jones and Donald Trump. He has DHS behind the scenes with a bunch of moles inside his organization. There's a question right now on whether Twitter will even be able to continue on to the future because all of the sabotage. So as I said in the last month with this buildup, I want to see Twitter freed overall first and to see if Musk can even get control of it before we talk about Donald Trump or Alex Jones being brought back. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. I've built InfoWars.com. I've built our syndicated radio show and TV show that reaches tens of millions a day. You've built it with your word of mouth. And we're not going to sit there and hope that Elon Musk can free Twitter. We've got Rumble. We've got Gab. We've got Getter. We've got Telegram. We've got so many other great platforms that we're going to continue to energize those and promote those. And get those out to the world. Just because there's tyranny at Twitter and tyranny at Facebook and tyranny at Google and tyranny at Apple doesn't mean we can't build our own system. That's the reason Joe Rogan went to Spotify when YouTube, owned by Google, was trying to censor him a few years ago. It's not that Spotify's perfect, but they told Joe, we won't censor you, and now they're number one in podcasting, showing that free speech is what people want, and that's what is innovating, and that's what is successful. So That's a good point, and I agree a whole 100%. Um, 
So uh, there's another thing going on. Eric Schmidt, uh, AG over at Missouri, in Missouri, says, man, you, uh, you, uh, it says here, this is, um, Saki is moving to squash a subpoena lawsuit against Biden regime for colluding with big tech. That's, that's going to have legs. That's going to be interesting to see that. Donald Trump had a response to Elon Musk, um, uh, bringing him back on Twitter. We're going to take a listen to that. Uh, Twitter is blowing up today. Elon Musk posted a poll uh, that had over 13 million respondents so far asking whether or not you should be reinstated uh, on on Twitter. Uh, my question to you is, what do you think about uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter? And if you are reinstated, will we see you back on Twitter again? Well, I like that he bought it. I've always liked him. I got along with him very well uh, during my days as president and I got to know him pretty well. Uh, but I do like him. I've, I've always really... You know, he's a, he's a character, and uh, I tend to like characters, but he's smart. Uh, he did put up a poll, and I hear it's very overwhelming, very strong. But I have something called Trump. If you look, it's Trump-owned, but it's, uh, it's really fantastic. Truth Social. And Truth Social uh, is, is through the roof. It's doing phenomenally well. The press hates to talk about it, but it's doing phenomenally well. I think engagement is much better than it is with Twitter. And it's uh, taking care of voices that really want to be taken care of and really smart voices, brilliant voices, voices that in many cases are both sides. But I can tell you there's a lot of voice for Israel, a lot of power for Israel in Truth Social. So Truth Social has been very, very powerful, very, very strong. And I'll be staying there. But I hear we're getting a big vote to also go back on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't see it because I don't see any reason for it. They have a lot of problems at Twitter. You see what's going on. It may make it. It may not make it. But I, the problems are incredible. Uh, the engagements are negative. And you have a lot of bots and you have a lot of fake accounts, which I think they should get on. But Truth Social has taken the place for a lot of people. And I don't see them going back onto Twitter. Well, that's a smart business move, what Trump made. Uh, he sounds a little frail there. And uh, not only that, he's lost some weight. And... Uh, I don't know what's going on there, whether he's losing weight to, you know, like all candidates do. Um, wow. You know, it's just uh, absolutely um, interesting to see how that plays out. All right. I want to switch gears to the Ukraine thing. Um, the Ukraine partners with FTX Everstake to launch new crypto domain uh, donation website. So we know that that happened. That's a fact. FTX founder Sam Bankman free to appear alongside Ukraine Vladimir Zelensky at exclusive New York Times event. And that was supposed to happen um, on November 30th. That's not going to happen anymore, do you think? <laughs> so that's interesting. Um, you know, and these appearances together are designed, you know. Uh, so that's not going to happen anymore. And that was just printed three days ago or four days ago. Um, how Ukraine and FTX laundered millions worth of cryptocurrency. So in this case, it says, after the Russian-Ukraine war started, cryptocurrency platform FTX partnered with Ukraine to receive donations in crypto. All right, fine. In March 2022, FTX was approached by Ukrainian officials, 
So Ukrainian officials approached FTX. So next thing you know, FTX starts to launder uh, money by donating to a whole bunch of other, you know, it says Biden, Ukraine, and a 30-year-old crypto billionaire, how the implosion of FTX connects to the global elite. And this is the point that I want to make. And there's a meme that's, that shows a picture of Biden not so happy. It says, the face you make when Russia invades the country that launders your money. And that one got banned on Facebook, believe it or not, because they're protecting this. House Republicans pressed Blinken on concerns of Ukraine aid being donated to Dems through FTX. This is printed by up, uh, printed up by the Fox Business Network. This whole situation stinks to high heaven, Niels told Fox Business. So this is yet another expose. And I said this. I said, remember when... Er- now, th- pay attention to this. This is pretty good. Um, I wrote this up. And there's a meme that says Ukraine crisis donations, right? And you can donate how you can help Ukraine. You know, the UK put that out. And I said, remember when everyone wearing their Ukraine flags on their lapel pins and avatars and social media around the world would post graphics asking to donate to Ukraine? Well, it's possible that donate to Ukraine could be translated to say, donate to globalist socialist politicians, all of whom were part of the Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum, uh, the World Economic Forum, without an audit of Ukraine's FTX partnership, we will never know how the money was spent except that we know that Sam Bankman-Fried was donating heavily to support the liberal agenda. And I posted a meme here up on Facebook. It says, where military aid to Ukraine comes from? And guess what? It comes from the United States, and they're the biggest player in the billions. Now, this is an old graphic. It's more than this now. But it's $27.4 billion from the United States, $3.71 billion from the United Kingdom, $1.8 from uh, uh, Poland, $1.19 from Germany, Canada, $1.92, Norway, $0.32. Well, you got Ruta from Norway, you got Canada, Trudeau, you got Schultz from Germany, you got Duda from Poland, and United Kingdom, you got Rishi Sunak, right, the kingpin of all globalists, and the United States. And what's interesting about that is all these globalists are getting rich and getting power from Klaus Schwab, and that's the kicker. Okay, that's the absolute kicker right there. So here's how it started. Okay, because what's what's going on right now is that Klaus Schwab. Oh, by the way, nothing, nothing for nothing. But FDX founder Sam Bankman-Fried donated the maximum amount to Pelosi's successor, Hakeem Jeffries. Okay, so you got that. Then you got this expose here where basically um, they're talking about uh, Sam Bankman free given to all these causes, right? Animal welfare, uh, climate, you know, the whole thing, right? So he's earning to give, right? So let's take a listen to a quick part of the, the amount of good that you can do uh, 
for the future of the world is, is really large and it's way more than you can do to actually make yourself happy with anything like that amount of money. And he is funding everything you can think of. Global warming. It's one of the biggest problems that we have to tackle together as a world. COVID-19 preparedness. We have to be ready for the next pandemic. Neglected tropical diseases. More than a billion people suffer from them. We have to eliminate these diseases. And of course, animal welfare. All right. So, you know, that's uh, right up Klaus Schwab's alley, right? That's exactly what Klaus Schwab was all about. And when Klaus Schwab talks about, you know, funding candidates, he's talking about infiltrating the whole thing. But here's how it started. Let's take a quick. Well, and, and uh, oh, so then there's two elements to this. There's the FTX le- paving the way to regulate cryptocurrency, which was the Wild West new frontier. And don't forget about this. What underpins a world order is always the financial system. Uh, I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard in 71. And so I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how very important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, We're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights. Yeah, and it's going to be Klaus Schwab that's going to be, uh, you know, uh, controlling the world. Just listen to what he said last week at the B20 uh, right here. Excellencies, distinguished, but first, of course, if you look at all the challenges, we can speak about the multi-crisis economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. And this will take some time. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. And he goes on to say that uh, only the, uh, the fourth industrialization, the, only the people who join first, the first movers, are going to be the winners. Let's take a listen. Previous industrial revolutions, it's very difficult to copy. So if you are a first mover, you are the winners. Winners of what? You know, it's pretty scary. It's, it sounds like Hitler to me, that, that kind of thing. But here's, here's how it started. In 2014, you had this happening. When you're a high-ranking official talking about diplomatic efforts in Ukraine, the last thing you want to do is drop your guard. So that would be great, I think, to help glue this thing and have the UN help glue it. 
and, you know, f*** the EU. But that is exactly what reportedly happened between U.S. Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland and U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine Jeffrey Pyatt. The exchange has since surfaced online, including the crude swipe at the European Union. The audio clip of a woman and man, said to be Newland and Pyatt, hears them discussing strategies to work with the three main opposition figures. So they're meddling in the Ukrainian election, Okay, We have that on tape. And then you have uh, the Biolabs comment right here. And, uh, In fact, here. we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians. Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities. That's exactly what they called Wuhan, right? And then you got this little gem. I, I, I was, not I, I, but it just happened to be that was the assignment I got. I, I 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they well, that was a firing. If you don't fire Victor Shokin, the state prosecutor looking into Burisma, who's paying his son, Hunter, then we're going to go ahead and withhold the billion dollars, right? You've all heard this clip before. And that's just yet another piece. Now, there's a lot of other fraud going on in the world. And, you know, we're running out of time today. But uh, Georgia Maloney said this is called the CFA Frank. It is the colonial currency that France prints for 14 African nations to which it applies uh, and, and by virtue of which it exploits the resources of these nations. So they're talking about, instead of cobalt this time, they're talking about gold digging, right? So basically what they're doing is they're printing up this CFA franc, which is worthless. They're giving it to these poor nations, in exchange, they get gold. <laughs> and they're going to be digging for gold, and they're exchanging a worthless franc for gold. Uh, that's how they're rummaging and pillaging these, uh, these countries. Well, we have a lot more that we would like to share with you today. We'll get there, there tomorrow. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to use Red State over at MyPillow.com and pay a visit to Magapack.org. Make a donation to support America First policies that make America great again. We cannot do this show without your support over at Magapack.org. Org. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Where the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.